Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Hey, Matt. Hey, Alan. How's that coffee I uh, give you? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up. <laughs> I bought this. I was in this uh, food market. I had to pay to get to the food market. So I thought everything in here is going to be fantastic. <clears throat> and then I go to this coffee stall and it's like, this guy is selling me all this. Oh, it's light roast. It's Tanzanian. You're going to have notes of pineapple and blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting all excited about it. And it was £6.50. And I was like, that's very cheap. But, you know, and then I took it home and it was like steel coffee. And mm. so I give it to you. <laughs> yeah. What's the expression with, with friends like these who needs enemies, right? <laughs> but I did, yeah, you know, I, I am getting some good stuff coming from yeah. Origins Coffee. Shout out. Mm. Um, from Ethiopia and from Colombia, I think some good coffee coming. In fact, this episode's so. sponsored. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> We're in chapter eight to chapter 10. I don't kind of think of a segue. So <laughs> chapter eight to 10 of uh, First Corinthians, we're continuing our gospel community series. Just by reminder, the, the churches and the church at Corinth is extremely divided, full of hostility, full of pride, and full of selfishness. Um, we saw last time there was a division over the favorite teachers, chapter one to three. Paul dealt with that, um, but he dealt with it by reminding them of the gospel first. And then today we're looking at chapter 8 to 10, which is a division over liberty issues, which I know we covered in Romans, but the fact that the Holy Spirit saw fit to include it again mm-hmm. in Corinthians means that, you know, it, it's an important issue. Yeah. So chapter 8 to 10, um, division over liberty issues. Mm. Sound good? Yeah. It's it's a, it's a controversial one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of infighting over these types of issues, sadly. Yeah. But... um. I think that's one of the reasons that God included it is he knew that would be the case. So he wanted to reemphasize these yeah. precious truths to us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to not go through chapter eight to 10 uh, verse by verse, because that'd take a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we're going to try and touch on some important things. So the, the situation, just for context sake, the situation is <clears throat> that, that Corinth is a city full of false gods being worshiped. There's altars and temples and statues to many, many, many gods and all, lots of sacrifice being offered to idols mm-hmm. happening. Um, there's a there's the marketplaces. So you could go to Newcastle under Lyme. There's a market there. Um, and in Corinth, there's all these marketplaces where you could go and you could buy this meat or you could walk into the, you could even go to the temple and buy some cheap cuts of meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, some of the people in Corinth who were, who had become followers of Jesus were struggling with this because it, um, Whenever they were thinking about eating that meat, it was like, you know, they've been saved from idolatry. So they were like abstaining in a sense of, I can't go back to that. While there are other Christians who are like, well, we're freeing Jesus to do that. So here's, that's the, divi- that's the division. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which stands a little bit in contrast with, um, with the issue with the Romans, wasn't it? Where it was mainly Jew and Greek. Yeah. But this is Greek and Greek. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the, these are Greek people who are struggling with this concept, mm-hmm. and uh, and perhaps there's Jews too. I don't. I, I mean, I read more into it. Perhaps there's Jews who are like, mm-hmm. I can't do this either. But so, the primary emphasis. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do is verse one to verse two is telling us some really important truths. So if you can grab verse one to two for us, this is really <clears throat> fundamental to this whole um, this whole thing, Majiggy, of uh, <laughs> what we're looking at today. This whole topic. That, that's the word. That doctrinal term. <laughs> Thingamajiggy. I think it's a Northern Irish doctrinal term. <laughs> I think I use it in America too. Yes. So chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. 
Mm-hmm. Now, concerning things offered to idols, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as to as he ought to know. Right. What Paul's telling us here is that knowledge does not necessarily make you a mature person. Mm. Just because you know a bunch of stuff doesn't mean you're mature. Um, without love, in verse 1, knowledge puffs up, love edifies. Without love, <laughs> there's only the appearance of being a knowledgeable person. There's only the appearance of wisdom. And what he's saying here in verse 1 to 2 is that the foundation of Christianity is not mental ascent knowledge, but it's intimate experiential knowledge. Mm. Mm. So knowledge puffs you up mm. on its own. But love builds up. So knowledge on its own makes you an arrogant person, prideful and arrogant. But knowledge mixed with love actually builds up other people. Mm. Um, and so, sorry, go ahead. I'm just going to say, so if it's, if it's just a collection of, of information, yeah, then it's going to make us prideful and arrogant and um, looking down on people. Yeah. So mental ascent or what we're saying in a... To sound very uh, smart is doctrinal accruement, the collection of doctrinal facts. So mental assent or doctrinal accruement without love only serves to make someone arrogant. That's mm. what Paul's saying here. Mm. You can know all the de- you can read all the systematic theologies. You could read you know whatever persuasion you are in your theology. You could read all of the books on that. Um, and and without love, you're arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> you're not mature. And, and, there's, and there's nothing categorically wrong. With collecting information about God and yeah. Bible trivia, Bible knowledge, doctrinal understanding. There's nothing wrong with all those things. Mm-hmm. But if it ends there. It's not the end. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it's funny because in our in our age, I remember the, the whole reputation amongst some circles was that he could preach without notes. And it was like, he's so smart. He knows so much <clears throat> theology. He knows so much of this Bible. He can preach without notes. He can just mm-hmm. open the Bible and preach it. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed by that when I first got saved. But God's not impressed by that. (laughs) God's like, you can have all the knowledge and all the doctrinal facts, but without love, you're not mature. And that's scary because I could, Mm -hmm. you know, I could be 40 years into this and have a lot of theology, but not have love. And God would say, I'm not mature. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, but mental ascent knowledge, as it submits to intimate experiential knowledge, builds up others. So we want both. We want this mental ascent knowledge, but we want it to be in submission to an intimate experiential knowledge because mm. that's going to build up people. So we could say it's knowledge that moves us to love. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually moves us and gives us impulses to love. Yeah, this this knowledge off someone or something moves me to that 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 knowing them intimately. Yeah, so we were looking at the, the illustration, like I can know all the facts about Victoria and never talk to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could read a book about her uh, and never actually talk to her. I wouldn't actually know her, mm-hmm. but that knowledge I have of Victoria motivates how I move toward her, changes how I move toward her. Mm-hmm. Um, so mental ascent knowledge on its own is selfish and prideful, whereas intimate experiential knowledge is loving and serving. Mm-hmm. So we get to verse three, which is, you helped me see this um, as we were studying for it. Verse three is the gospel through which the whole rest of chapter 8 to 10 actually um, is able to be lived out. So, But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. All right. So so tell me why that's such an incredible verse. Um, Man, because it speaks of intimacy and personability. Mm. Um, It it tells me that um, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. You know, that through the gospel and everything that Christ accomplished 
And because I've transferred my faith and trust from myself to him and him alone, trusting in the finished work of Christ, he said that he will become our God, come to live amongst us, to indwell Mm. us. Mm. Uh, We will become his temple. Yeah. And man, that's... Yeah, I will be your God, you will be my people. Yeah. Um, what does Jesus say in depart from me? I never knew you. Mm. And here the one who loves God is known by him. And that's not mental ascent knowledge. It's experiential, intimate knowledge. God knows me. He loves me. He knows me. He knows every part about me and he loves me. There's a, there's a hymn, uh, loved with ever loved by everlasting love or loved with everlasting love. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's one of the ending lines is, um, in a, in a world that will not cease or something like that. I am his and he is mine. Yeah. And it says that a couple of times in its song. Yeah. And and I've said before, I think that's the greatest truth that I know. Yeah. I yeah. am his and he is mine. It's good, I mean? man. Just knowing him. So God knows you. He doesn't just know facts about you. He doesn't just know you from a distance. Mm. He intimately knows you who's listening to this. Um, and you know him. And the other truth is he knows your brother or sister who, who you have this difference of opinion with and mm. they know him. So, so there's this beautiful relationship that God has with you and has with your brother and sister. And mm. both those truths, God knows me and God knows them, is going to change how we live in mm. community with one another. So verse three, gospel reality um, or gospel truth leads to gospel identity. I'm known by him, mm. leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. Mm-hmm. Um, so without verse three, you can't have the rest of chapter eight to 10. It's good. All right, so the, again, the, the doctrinal fact, verse 4 to verse 6, um, the, this meat that's been sacrificed to idols, all these idols aren't even real gods, so we can buy that meat, give thanks to God for that meat, and we can eat it, and that's totally fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty clear, verse, verse six, 4 to 6. But verse 7, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ at Corinth were struggling with that concept. So ex-idolaters, whenever they considered eating this meat, um, if they if they felt like they were sinning because they were going back to false worship of mm-hmm. a false god, and so their conscience was wrecked. And it says at the end, their conscience is weak, but it would actually make them feel defiled and feel guilty before God, even though they weren't actually. Mm-hmm. It would wreck them to do this. And um, for some of them, they, they would actually be going back into their sinful mindsets of worshiping these false gods. Mm. That, would you say that's a fair representation of our yeah, seven? Yeah, I, th- I think so, yeah. yeah. All right. So how do we take these truths together? I'm free to eat, but my brother or sister in Christ is struggling with this idea of, of being able to eat. I'm known by God. He's known by God. So how do I li- what, what am I supposed to do with all this information so far? Well, I mean, I, th- I think, our, I think our, our rule as Christians should be what what Christ commanded in John thirteen thirty five, shouldn't it? Where, where, he, where he said, "By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another." Yeah. Um. And and I think it comes comes down to whether or not I'm going to be selfish in my approach mm-hmm. or compassionate in my approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So will I serve me or will I serve my brother or sister? Yeah. yeah. So verse eight again, you're free to eat and you're free not to eat. Mm. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, you, you're free in Jesus. But verse nine to 11 is where, it, where's, where the rubber hits the road, where gospel community plays out. It's not just me and Jesus. It's me, Jesus, and you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to become someone who puts a stumbling block in the way of my brother. Yeah. Because if I was to eat, if my brother saw me eating um, this meat sacrifice to idols, or in verse 10, in the idol's temple, then he's like, oh, I, I'll eat as well then, Right. 
So he comes and eats, but because of his past, because of what he thinks he's doing in that moment, mm. he, I'm sinning against God. Then mm. he is destroyed in that sense. In verse 11, your weaker brother's going to perish. Like yeah, he's yeah. going to be wrecked with guilt. He may even start entering into guilt because mm. it's like he's going back into that in his mind, mm. into that false worship. Uh, and verse 12 says, if I do that to my brother, I'm actually sinning against Jesus yeah. to do this. Yeah. No, that's good. And and uh, bringing Jesus back into it again, which is always a good thing, um, is, you know, in, I think it's Luke 10, it? where, where he's it's the good Samaritan and all that. But before that comes to him and he says, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, yeah. mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, and then he gives the story of the great, of the good Samaritan yeah. uh, to kind of illustrate that. But I think when we're applying that to our Christian liberties, yeah. I think that's it. Loving my neighbor as myself. Yeah. What does it look like to love my brother and sister who is known by God? Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul goes into the, the the hyperbole of verse 13 and he says, you know what? If food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat. <laughs> it's like so that my brother won't stumble because mm-hmm. of me. So I won't lead my brother astray into it's not actually sinful to eat this meat, but idolatry is sinful and so if he starts falling into that or his conscience gets wrecked by this because of me i'm not going to do it i Mm. I, I just won't do it i I love him more than i love meat Mm. (laughs) it's what paul's saying here Uh, i love him more than i love myself is Mm. this idea as well um all right so we get to chapter nine um or unless you've got something else to add no i just i love the quote that you gave last night i think it's a quote i may have taken it down wrong but uh, you said our love is of higher importance than our liberties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Galatian says this, um, you're, you are free, brothers, but do not use your liberty um, for yourself, yeah, you know, but yeah. but to love one another. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm set free to love my brother or sister. Okay, so chapter 9, um, Paul knows that this is, he's asking for something that's difficult. You know, he's asking a brother or sister in Christ, you've got this freedom but be willing to forego this freedom for the sake of your brother or sister in Christ. And he knows that's a that's a hard thing. He's asking for something that's mm-hmm. that's difficult. Um, and it, it might, might be necessary to actually state that he's not, I'm not sure if it's going to come out later, but he's not necessarily saying to completely forfeit your liberties the way that he has. Yeah, yeah. Just to forego them when in the presence. Yeah, of, in the presence of your brother. Yeah, absolutely. So he, what he does now in chapter nine is he gives us examples of how he has willingly foregone some of his freedoms and his rights um, for the sake of the gospel and for the church. Verse four, he asked the question, do we have no right to eat and drink? And the rhetorical answer is yes, we do, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And yes, Corinthian, you have that freedom. You have that right to do this, okay? But um, Paul gives up two things. So in verse five, uh, in verse 6 to 7, we see what Paul gives up. So if you can grab verse 5 of chapter uh, verse, 9. Verse number 5 of chapter 9. Chapter 10, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are. Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Right. So these other men, the apostles have both the right and the freedom to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet Paul says, Paul's basically asking in a rhetorical way, um, you know, yes, we do. The answer is yes, we do have that right, but we're forgoing that right for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So I have the right and the freedom to be married, but I'm going to forgo <laughs> that for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then verse six to verse seven, um, he's forgoing the right to be paid by the church at Corinth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 
he and and what does he do this for? He does it for the sake of the gospel and for the church. So if you get, uh, I'll, I'll get verse twelve, and then if you get the start of verse fifteen, he says, um, "Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but we endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel." So he considered the idea of taking payment from the Corinthians as a hindrance to the gospel because of the mindset in Corinth of like people making merchandise of religion. He's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to look like another one of those guys. So I'm, mm. I'm actually going to forgo this liberty and this right so the gospel isn't hindered. Mm. Um, and then if you get verse 15, the start of it. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me. All right. So again, I'm not, I'm not living out my full liberty mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the church. Mm. Um, so he's saying, like, I'm asking you, when your brother's in the same area as you, don't eat that burger sacrificed to Zeus. Mm-hmm. And I know that's difficult, but I am I am willingly given up being married to someone and willing given up being paid by you guys for the sake of the mm. gospel. And all I'm asking you to do is to not eat mm-hmm. meat every mm-hmm. now and then in front of your brother. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I'm not asking you something I'm not prepared to do, is what he's mm-hmm. saying. Um and why, if you can get then verse 19 to verse 23. Yeah. Uh, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Right, this is just unreal, man. This guy's free in Jesus, <clears throat> but he's not going to use his liberty for himself. He's going to mm-hmm. use it for the sake of the gospel. And he's willing to relinquish some of his freedoms for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he says to the Jews, I became a Jew, and that I might win the Jews. And basically, like... Paul's free to eat bacon. He's free to eat uh, shellfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably enjoying it because it's delicious. And he's like, I've never had this in my life. <laughs> he's free. Um, but he's not going to walk into the synagogue with a bacon shrimp sandwich mm-hmm. and completely isolate those people from hearing the gospel. Think about a sacrifice. Imagine having bacon for the first time. <laughs> and then willingly <laughs> foregoing it for the sake of the gospel. But man. never again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, he's, like, that's what he's basically saying. I'm willing to forego these liberties. Mm. Because my liberty isn't the end. Jesus and his glory and the spread of his gospel and the love of my brother is the end goal, not my freedom. Mm. Yeah. And that's what love looks like, isn't it? Yeah. 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 This is all motivated by love, yeah. Paul's love for people. I'm free, but I've made myself voluntarily a servant to win them. Mm. Um, so that's chapter 9. Then we get back to chapter 10 and we get to verse 1 to 22, which we'll not read. Um, but essentially what he's saying is idolatry itself is actually evil. So you're you're if you're going into the temple and you're eating that meat and it is actually to worship Zeus or Apollos or whoever, that's evil. That's wicked. Mm-hmm. That's idolatry. And behind every idol, although the idols themselves aren't real, behind every idol is a demon, and they're very real. And you're worshiping demons and devils if you're actually partaking in this. And so if your weaker brother comes in with you, um, because of your your flaunt and your freedom, and he partakes. And he's actually worshiping. You've actually caused your brother to worship demons. <laughs> That's pretty mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. So he is actually saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, there is some spiritual truth to all of this. There is some reality to all of this that you do need to take on board, even though you're free in Christ to eat this meat. Mm. 
That's good. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's it. Straightforward, <laughs> mate. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and then we get to the end, and then we'll start talking about what that looks like for us. Chapter twenty, chapter ten, verse twenty-three to thirty-three. How do I live all of this out? This this mm. knowledge that I have of my freedom, <clears throat> but also at the same time, I know God. God knows me. God knows my brother or sister in Christ who's struggling with these things. Mm. Um, okay, so if we get verse twenty-three to twenty-four, chapter okay. ten. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or expedient. Mm. Uh, all things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Okay. And then if we get verse uh, twenty, uh, verse 31 to verse 33. Okay. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jew or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Okay, so um, I'm free. I, all things are lawful for me, right? And Paul's like, I'm glad you know. That's great. But that's not actually maturity. You can still be an immature believer and know you're free in Jesus to do these different things, okay? Um, so the, so you don't start with, you can start with I'm free, but that's not the end. There's mature serving, loving, gospel-centered questions to ask after asking the question, am I free to partake? Mm -hmm. So question one is, am I free to do this? The answer is yes. And then you go do it. Well, (laughs) okay, good. But that doesn't mean you're mature. It doesn't mean you're godly. It doesn't mean you're loving. There's there's more steps of maturity, Mm -hmm. more questions to ask that are loving, considerate questions. So what are those questions then? Yeah, I mean, I think verse 23, we talked about this last night, but verse 23 is, is, is this helpful? Because mm-hmm. he's saying that everything is uh, is lawful for me, but is it helpful? Right. Uh, verse 24, um, does this serve my brother or my sister? Yeah, yeah. So does it does it build up my brothers and sisters yeah. for, me, for them to see me partake in my freedom in this way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, verse 31 was, does this bring glory to God? And, and maybe... Maybe this is the most important one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we get down to it, love the Lord your God and your neighbors yourself. Yeah. And then in 32 and 33, does this hinder the gospel? Yeah, does this hinder the spread of the gospel? And what's interesting in verse 31, does this bring glory to God? And the answer to that question is, well, does this hinder the gospel? And does this tear down my brother? Mm. And if it hinders the gospel or tears down my brother, then it's not going to bring glory to God. Yeah. One of the ways to bring glory yeah. to God is by loving my brother or sister and by the spread of the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right? these, these are all interconnected, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. And there's this there's a spirit of um like in this whole discussion, there's a spirit of selflessness. Yeah. That is not naturally um produced in us. You know what I mean? I don't I don't approach liberties without the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. And be like, no, no, no. I'm going to forego this. Mm. You know, there's this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ right. Jesus. This is gospel. This is Jesus is working his gospel into me. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways he works this out of me is by me starting to ask these questions about my liberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not me, this this strength that's in me or this compassion that's in me naturally. This is Jesus working this in me, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. So first 25 to 30 is the specific, um, specific way they're able to live this out when it comes to eating meat. Um, and essentially Paul says, buy the meat, don't ask any questions about where it came from, give thanks to God for it and eat it. Mm-hmm. And if your brother who's there with his weak conscience and you find out that it's offered to an idol, don't eat it in front of him. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Give thanks to God and eat it. 
And if your brother's there who's struggling with all of this, don't eat it. Don't do it. Don't partake for his sake. Who, who, for that brother who God knows and loves, um, don't, don't do it. That's it. Simple, yeah. simple truths. Yeah. Um, so what's this going to look like in uh, our lives and our church and our context? It means anything goes, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, the question, so let me ask these questions and then we'll discuss the implications. So the, am I willing to lay aside my Christian liberty for the sake of my brother or sister who's struggling with this specific issue? Mm. Um this specific issue being whatever issue yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> is specific in that moment. <laughs> so am I willing to lay aside my Christian liberty for the sake of my brother or sister who is struggling with this mm-hmm. um, this issue? And and again, Paul is explaining through chapter 8 to 10 that true maturity isn't the knowledge of your liberty, but the laying down of your preferences for the building up of your brother or sister. Yeah, yeah. That's true maturity. Yeah. That I would be willing to lay down my prefer- my preferences mm. for the building up of my brother or sister. Yeah, that's true maturity, not knowledge, but love. Mm. And, th- and that is love. That's because love is always um, uh, active and reactive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so I usually love, but so we love God because He first loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of my brother and my sister, it's always either active or reactive. Mm. So, um, it, but it's never passive. Yeah. Love is never passive. Yeah. Love is always sacrificial, giving. Um, yeah, it's always pursuing. It's yeah. always doing something. But, but yeah. you don't do that if you're not a mature believer. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to just do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> yeah. here in this context. And this is a real problem in Corinth because they're, this is happening at Corinth. That's why he wrote to them. Because it's like, a problem in Blurton too, <laughs> like in, in England, yeah. in Britain, you know. It's it, in all of us. But <laughs> so in Corinth, there's 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 these people who are really struggling with this. And, and it's sad because the brothers and sisters know that their brothers are struggling with this. And yet their response is, well, I'm free to do it. So mm-hmm. forget them. I'm yeah. free. Don't we all know this? Mm. And Paul's like, guys, man, you don't, you don't. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what you're called to here. Yeah, so, some there's, there's a bit of theory about verse number twenty three actually about this this mantra: all things are lawful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some people believe that it's something that Paul said when he first went mm-hmm. to Corinth. He's and starting to help them understand the and freedom. They're weaponizing yeah. it. Yeah, they're they're taking it out of context yeah. and twisting it and. I can do what I want now. Yeah. But that's such an unkind way to live. Is like I'm free to do what I want, and this stupid brother mm-hmm. is like. Is making a big hoo-ha out of it. Um, mm. I'm going to do what I want, and I'll flaunt it all I want. And yeah. Paul's like, "You're not mature, then. Mm. You're not godly, then." In that case, that, so that's, yeah, it's funny though, and because I and, and we mentioned this a little bit last week, but I've I've always had for the longest time I had a flipped view of this because mm. man, it's it's like um, being mature. I've got to take my stand. And make everyone else aware of my stand <laughs> because I'm, I'm mature and I want to help everyone else become mature in the way that I think I'm mature. <laughs> yeah, right. Whether right. it's my knowledge, this doctrine, what I abstain from, mm. I'm against this, I'm against that. Yep. Um, but but true maturity is actually setting aside um, your liberties for the sake of the gospel. Wow. According to Paul, Apor- according inspired to Paul. by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So uh, some examples of what this would look like in the 21st century. Mm. Um, you got any ideas? Yeah, off the top of my head, um, Sabbath. Yeah. Um, Sabbath. Um, you know, the Jewish Sabbath was obviously Saturday. Some people believe that Sunday has replaced Saturday mm-hmm. as the Sabbath. And yeah. some people won't do any activity on the Sabbath. Some people won't, uh, won't even go out and 
and uh, go to a restaurant because they'll be making other people work. Yeah, I know like brothers that. and sisters who have yeah. that mindset yeah. and uh, won't go to the shops, won't go, won't go to a restaurant, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and on on one side of the coin, fair game. Yeah. D- like if, okay. if you feel convinced in yourself that that's what you need to do, um, and those are the principles of God's word that you need to apply to your life, then yeah, right, fine. But what can, what can happen is we can become militant about that on both mm-hmm. sides. Actually, mm-hmm. we can become militant about it, and I can I can see someone exercising the gospel liberties to to observe the Sabbath in that way, mm-hmm. and and I can point my bony judgmental finger at them, <laughs> and vice versa. So it's like yeah. anytime it becomes militant, right? Yeah. So we're we're, the gospel. we're free in Christ. Romans fourteen. Every day can be the same. We can mm-hmm. give thanks to God for it. So technically, I am free in Jesus to go to a restaurant on a Sunday, and I yeah. and I do now and then. And I'm free to go to Tesco's, and <laughs> and I yeah. do now and then, right? Yeah. But my brother, or sister in Christ, struggles with that. So how do I apply chapter eight to ten to my brother or sister who's struggling with that concept? They think, you know, they're brought up in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. where it's extremely strict in certain circles, mm-hmm. and um, and so they're like, oh, you know, it's sin against God to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't start laughing at them or mocking them. So what what do I how do I live this principle out chapter eight to ten when it comes to this? my liberty to to do what i want on sunday yeah um but my weaker brother's there how do i how do i um it starts with love obviously it starts with love and we we look at his position and and a lot of times i think and i know this sounds like you know Freudian or whatever but (laughs) i think almost we we put ourselves in the other person's shoes Mm -hmm. and we see things from from their position and why they might have reasons for this or that so, so it might be issues of of alcohol and we said we weren't going to go there but (laughs) but but i might look at my brother yeah. Um, who who's a recovering alcoholic? Right. And and I might you know abstain from that. Um, it, it might be, um, you know, going to a restaurant where where alcohol is served mm-hmm. or something like that. And you might even not be partaking in alcohol at all. Right. But they might feel a particular burden about going right. to. Right. Yeah. So so similar to that, if there's something involved in what you're inviting that person who's observing the Sabbath mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. that would possibly infringe on their liberties. Right. Then um yeah, don't invite him into that. And, yeah, and, you know, simple man. Yeah. So yeah, he he. So I, I'm like I bring my I invite my brother or sister in Christ over to our house for for a meal on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to Aldi. You coming? Um, <laughs> he's yeah. struggling with it, and I almost force him to go, and he feels bad, so he comes, but he feels like he's breaking the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I've actually caught my brother to to, to stumble, yeah, yeah, and I'm not loving him at that moment. Yeah. I'm flaunting my liberty, and the better thing to do is just to say, "Hey, come to our house. We've already got everything. We got it yet." Or not like after after you go home today, I'm going to go to Aldi. Ha! <laughs> like it's just like, what's the point, man? Just There's so many sales on right now. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna miss them all. <laughs> but like, no, I'm free in Jesus to to do this. Yeah. But my brother has a conscience about this, so I'm not going to flaunt my liberty in front mm-hmm. of him in a hurtful way mm-hmm. to damage him. Um. Yeah, alcohol's a good one, man. You, you know, to 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 flaunt the online that you're doing this, knowing that there's recovering alcoholics who are born again believers now, knowing that there's young believers who are, who are, who are looking up to role models mm. and they don't know, they don't understand boundaries, they don't understand limits, they don't understand self-control. It's just maybe not wise to be yeah. putting that online. I, I don't think that's wise personally. Yeah. Um, even though you might have the freedom to partake, it might yeah. not be wise to or loving to to mm. be putting on there and then halloween was one of the ones we were going to discuss today because <laughs> it's like safe territory because it's may <laughs> and we can get ready for october but is it a sin can, chapter and verse is it a sin for me to take a vegetable and carve uh something into it no 
Categorically, it's not. I do, I disagree. Not only do I don't, um, but some of our brothers and sisters have a. So, chapter ten, verse one onwards, witchcraft is evil, right? Mm-hmm. Idolatry is evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the principle here, um, taking us all into the principle, witchcraft itself is evil. Yeah. But taking a vegetable, cutting a ship into it, yeah. is not intrinsically no, no, evil. No, no, if I'm if I'm reciting a spell as, <laughs> as I'm carving something right. into the vegetable, yeah, that's chapter ten. <laughs> then I'm doing something. Yeah, if I'm no, actually no. partaking in the yeah. the the original reason for doing that, then I'm doing something evil, right? Yeah. But if I'm if I'm cutting like a, you do Star Wars stuff into yeah, your pumpkin, yeah. I, Victoria and I, Minions, Victoria yeah. and I carved the um the the pottery pottery mm, kilns it into it, nice it and it looked yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but so so I think I'm free in Jesus to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't see chapter and verse. I do see chapter and verse for not witchcraft. Yeah. I don't see chapter and verse for taking a vegetable and a knife. But some of my brothers and sisters in Christ would struggle with that. Maybe I know some people who are ex-witches, they struggle with that mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. Um because they feel like they would be going back into it. Yeah. Or some people just are are don't think anything to do with Halloween mm-hmm. is it's all, you know, mm-hmm. we should completely abstain. Yeah. How do I practice my liberty in a mm-hmm. in a kind, considerate way towards mm-hmm. my brother who's struggling with that? Yeah, and it's it's important to emphasize again that it works both ways. Yeah. So so the Sabbath analogy a minute ago, we would say, I'm not going to try to um to 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 suck them into a situation like inviting them along to a restaurant on a Sunday if they if they have a conviction against that. Um, where where I would infringe on their liberties, right? But likewise, if you're someone who who is a Sabbatarian, right, and and your liberty is on the other side of the spectrum, yeah, you should not be trying to police everyone else, right? Go to, read to Romans fourteen, well. yeah. yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be ju- here. You to judge another man's servant, yeah. Paul asks in That's Romans. Right. Yeah. So I don't invite my brother who's against Halloween to the Halloween party, yeah. Or I don't like invite him to my home, and there's. And a surprise Halloween party there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And I don't rub it in his face. Yeah. And if he's there, I don't partake. And yeah. I love him. And and uh and they're called to love me and not judge me for for partaking of my liberty. Mm-hmm. Um and and hope the best for me that he's not actually practicing witchcraft. He's mm-hmm. just taking a vegetable yeah. and cutting it. Um but I'll give you one of my victory moments, okay, right? Okay. In terms of Halloween. Um, I I don't celebrate Halloween just so, just so you know, but I do carve pumpkins. Yeah, I don't celebrate Halloween either. <laughs> either, either way, I also but, carve pumpkins. <laughs> but we we bought some pumpkins from uh, I think it was Aldi or someplace like that, and uh, we had them in in the kitchen. But we had Bible study coming over. We had the house coming over. <laughs> yeah. So I just took I just took the pumpkins and I, and I set them outside. Right. Um, just because I knew there were going to be a couple people that probably would yeah. be favorable. Yeah. So I, right. I I wasn't going to like oh well, I gotta bend I gotta bend the pumpkins. Yeah. Know? But it's just setting them aside so it's not Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. And that's not being secretive. That's Romans 14. Paul says, do you have faith mm-hmm. that you're free to do this? Yeah. Have it to yourself before God. Yeah. And that's what you were doing. And in yeah. that moment, you were just quietly getting on with your freedom, that's but it. not flaunting that. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk about cinemas. Some of our brothers and sisters struggle with cinemas. But mm-hmm. um, so if you're going to go, maybe don't flaunt it. Um And just just quietly get on with doing it. Invite your friends around who, who want to go and enjoy that. But yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe don't invite that person who's going to struggle with that who thinks it's a sin um Mm. so that that, that's it that's the principle it's not just am i free to do this it's also taken into consideration your brother that god loves Mm -hmm. and asking is this going to be helpful for him uh is this going to cause him to stumble in into sin in this way so there you go Thank you for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com. And we don't have social media. So you can get hold of us on the Blurton Baptist 
Facebook or Instagram. Let's go get an oatcake. Okay. Cool.